Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Good morning, church. I hope you are doing well. May the Spirit of God be upon you. I hope that your spirit has been uplifted as we share our prayer, as we sing for the glory of the Lord, and as we are about to listen to the Word of God. And as we even have this, like, one family kind of fellowship, you know, and the Facebook chat page right now. I'm sure that you've been chatting, okay? Um, I hope you are doing well. And I hope your spirit has been really uplifted by the grace and providence of our God. This past week, I met a lot of phone visitation. I met about two dozens of people. If you haven't received one, you're most likely receiving one this coming week. Okay? And that's my way of beginning the new year of this ministry. I'm getting all these prayer requests from the members of our church and letting them know that I'm still supporting and praying for them and letting them know that we will never give up on these circumstances. You guys are part of this church family. Call them to encourage, you know, call them to, you know, uplift their soul. That was the reason that I call. And one of the phone calls that I had with the Betty Bravo, one of our deacons, she mentioned it about her mother, Mrs. Carmen. She's been really sick for the last few weeks. So I immediately called her and letting her know who I am that time. And then she immediately said, Pastor, I'm glad you called, but I'm very sick. I'm very sick. And that moment, without even further spiritual dialogue and anything, I told her from the very beginning, Mrs. Carmen, can I pray for you? So I pray over the phone upon the healing of her health. She's dealing with a lot of cough. And thank God that she's being tested negative with this coronavirus. So she's doing well in that sense, but she's still dealing with a lot of cough and, you know, this cold. So please keep her in your prayers. Another also incident that I had this past week, as I was sitting my dad sitting in my chair and in my basement, I have a little study room as I was studying the word of God. All of a sudden, I have this kind of mental and emotional broken down, like breakdown of my mental, mental and emotional health that time. You guys ever felt that? Like all of a sudden, I feel like where I am. I don't want to be alone. I feel like I'm really lonely. So I had to kneel down and pray first. And I had to go upstairs to share that with my wife. Because that feeling, I haven't had that for a long time. I had that when I went to Canada for the first time. Just look around that the nobody's, my family's around here. And then I'm in this foreign land. I'm a stranger. I can't even talk. I can't even actually order a burger or a meal with my English skill that time. I had that broke. I had that that breakdown and i haven't had that for a long time and honestly part of it is this long you know ongoing covid 19 lockdown i guess my mental health and my emotional health was a little bit um, being affected but you know over the time i know i've been really pushing myself and passionately spreading the gospel to heal you know to provide really spiritual care and practice this radical generosity and hospital hospitality with our boards and communities and I guess while I'm doing that for almost a year, I forgot taking care of myself, especially my mental and emotional 
health. I was always pushing myself, pushing myself. That's why I experienced that. So I'm going to ask you to keep me, especially my mental and uh, emotional health in your prayers. I've never had that before. Why I'm sharing all this? Because I want to talk about the prayer. I want to talk about the prayer life. Because we know, and when we are in need, when we are going through some difficult times, when we are going through some trials, we know that we are in need of prayers. Not only we pray for ourselves, but we are in need of prayer for others. Right? So let me ask you a question. How many of you believe the power of prayer? Can you raise your hands? I'm sure the, most of you, if not many of you, uh, all of you raise your hands. We as a loving and caring Christ-like community. And let me ask another question. How many of you, even though that you believe in the power of, power of prayer, that you know there are a lot more room that you are to grow you know that you can pray more consistently. That you know that you can pray with more faithful heart. Can you just raise your hands? My hands are also off. Why is it that as a follower of Jesus Christ, we know that we have this direct access, this almighty, amazing power before the throne of grace of God. That when we pray to God, and God will not only hear us, but he is going to be moved by our faithful prayer. And yet, so often, our prayer life can be inconsistent. Do you agree? Our prayer life, a lot of times, can be boring. Just habitual, like a system. You pray three times, twice, for a few minutes. Or even worse, our prayer life often faithless in so many ways. Why do you think that is? Well, I can think of so many reasons. Number one, perhaps the distraction, because we're living in this, this flood of information. We're being distracted by, number one, our cell phone, radio, TV, internet. So we don't really have our quiet time to focus on the presence of the Lord. Another reason could be because of this whole uh, individualistic or consumerism society. It's all about me, me. My family, my kids' education, my job, my house. Because we're always praying inwardly. That's why we don't experience much of power from the Holy Spirit. That's why our prayer life hasn't been really growing as we wished. That's why sometimes our prayer life boring and inconsistent, right? I mean, there are, there are many reasons. Another reason that I think is really important is this. Because a lot of times, our prayers are just safe. You hear what I said? A lot of times, our prayers are just safe or predictable or mundane. Safe. What do I mean by that? We always pray this, right? Uh, Lord, may your blessings be upon this food. Unless the McDonald's burger was just fried and what, that I'm about to eat. Lord, may your presence and providence be upon me as I'm going to find the best parking space. Protect me, Lord. Um, protect my job. You know, protect my kids. So always we pray same. We pray this predictable things. And sometimes as if, you know, I wonder as if all powerful, almighty, all knowing, all present God in heaven looks at our prayers and probably said, that's almost insulting to me. David, is that what you can pray best? 
Even though that you know that you have this mighty power, you have this, this media or the tool that you can access my power. Is that what you can do best? Pray safe. Pray, you know, predictable things. Pray for your day-to-day life only. That is almost insulting to the power that I have given you. That's why I'd like to take a few minutes to remind you how we should pray. Okay? How we should pray that you'll be able to more experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. How we are to pray that our prayer is going to be more to be answered by the power of our God. I entitled today's message, Lord, make me bold. Would you say that with me? Lord, make me bold, courageous, not this bold, okay? Make me bold, make me courageous. I want to talk about bold, courageous, even dangerous prayer today. Because as I was reading the Bible, looking at what this all disciple did and prayed, and then I was able to compare what we are praying, how we are praying, and what they were praying, and how they were praying. There are a lot of differences. There's almost, there's not even one thing's really inconsistent or correlated together. What the disciples prayed 2,000 years ago and what we are praying right now. And I made this kind of conclusion that isn't that why? We don't experience much of Holy Spirit. Isn't that why our prayer has not been much answered as they were before, you know, 2,000 years ago? So let us find out how they pray and what they pray. Okay? What they pray, because when they pray, the Holy Spirit just moved the ground. When they pray, there's healing and miracles. We don't experience that much. Some pastor remembers, you know, her saying that. Because we're living in this grace. You know, everybody is all loved by God. We're in the living in this era of grace. Well, I don't agree. Because we believe the same God that our disciples believed, right? We believe that we have this power that God has given to us. The same power that was given to the disciples and apostles. So let us find out how we can access those power. Through our bold and courageous, that I called dangerous prayer. Today's passage is actually taken from the book of Acts chapter 4. This whole chapter, in fact, the story is from 3rd, 4th, and 5th chapter. But because of the time, I'm just going to read on verse 29 through 31st. So if you have a Bible, Bible app, please turn to your Bible. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. Acts chapter 4, 29 through 31. I'm reading it from the New International Version. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting were shaken and they were filled with the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and spoke the word of God boldly. Amen. For this is the word of the Lord. Now, let me just give you a context. This passage that we just read was what I call the dangerous prayer. What I call this 
bold and courageous prayer that I've ever heard, you know, from anybody. Okay. Now, let me just set the context to explain to you why they pray that way and what happened afterwards. This event uh, begins um, from chapter 3, when the Peter and John are actually going to the temple to do their routine prayer time. As they were getting close to the temple gate, they saw this uh, guy who's been sitting there for 40 years. The guy's been lame for 40 years. As they compelled from this love of God, and they walked toward the guy. And it was Peter who said that, Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Many of you know that. Silver and gold that I do not have, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he reached out to this guy, and he was able to Make this guy stand up. Not only that, immediately after, he was able to walk and jump and like everything. Remind you, it's about the, the prayer time of this community. But there are a lot of people. A lot of people are actually coming to the courtyard of the temple. And as they were witnessing that amazing miracle, Peter and John preached the gospel. There are so many people, again, receive Jesus Christ as their own Savior and being saved. Amazing miracle led into the salvation to the lot of people. But when they are amazingly experiencing this great triumph, and this opposition and trials also coming to their life. Sadducees and temple guards and some of the religious readers are looking at what they were doing. And they did not like that because they thought Peter and John were starting this some kind of cultic movement. So they imprisoned them in jail. Because it's later at night, later at night, it's too late to form this committee. And then next morning, they were brought and being surrounded by this Sanhedrin committee members. Those who are highest authority, those who have a highest power, men's about 70 Sadducees and Pharisees, all other religious leaders, and they have a power, absolute power to do anything to both Peter and John. And they asked this question from verse 9 of first chapter. By what authority are you doing these miracles? In whose name are you preaching this message that you are preaching? And verse 10, Peter responded with this great boldness. And he said this, this man was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The man who you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. Some might say, wow, that was bold, right? But I think it was bold beyond measure. And let me explain to you why. Because what Peter was saying, surrounded by the about 70 most powerful men in the community, saying that you guys are the one who killed Jesus. Not only that, he was also saying he was Bodily resurrected from death. That is exactly uh, opposite of what Sadducees believe. So not only they insult them, they also say anything, say things against their theology of the Sadducees. They were mad. But before that, they're also amazed and blown by their courageous statement. And, and they're almost like insanely bold remarks and statement. And they said this in verse 13. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men. With no special training 
in the scriptures. They were amazed. They were blown away. And that this regular, unschooled, ordinary guys are so courageous and so bold. By the way, you know the word, the ordinary, the Greek word that was used to hear? That was used to hear? You know what the Greek word is? Uh, it is idiotus. And can anyone guess what English word that actually came from that root, idiotus? Idiotus, 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 idiot, idiot, idiot. That's right. It is idiot. Foolish, stupid. They are blown away and amazed at this idiot, both Peter and John, who had nothing special about them, but they were incredibly bold in their faith for Jesus. So these religious leaders, they're afraid that Peter and John is going to start new religion. So they were threatening them by saying, don't ever perform the miracle anymore, okay? Don't ever preach about the Jesus Christ, the guy, anymore. If you do that, you'll pay for it. You're not only going to be in prison, you'll be beaten and tortured, and you will be dead. That's what they said. We will execute you. So don't talk about this Jesus Christ. So what do you think that the Peter and John did when they could potentially not only be physically beaten and tortured and lose their life when they are in that circumstance? They, they prayed. That's right. They prayed. But let me tell you what they did not pray. They did not pray for their own security. They did not pray for their own safety. They didn't pray this way. Oh, Lord, everything that I did for you, all years of my life that followed you. And I, I saved so many people's life. This is what you can do best. I'm going to give up. They didn't pray that way. Lord, you have a power. And I'm concerning about my own life right now. My own security. Would you send down this, this thunder and lightning to this guy. And just consume them and strike them. They didn't pray that way. Lord, please protect me. Because I want I want my normal comfort life. I thought that was what I was going to get. If I followed you, preach the gospel, my comfortable life, my comfortable job with a 401k and my family and, and all this, I want that. So would you? They didn't pray that way, right? They did not pray anything like that. What instead they prayed with this threat of death was they Pray a very dangerous prayer. Because following Jesus Christ was never meant to be saved. Amen? Even Jesus Christ said that. You know what? I am not bringing here to make you all pain-free. The word that we're living is full of pain. Even Jesus Christ said that the word that we're living is full of pain. But during these difficulties, Peter and John made this amazing Faithful, bold, courageous, and dangerous prayer. And let me just read one more time. Verse 29. What says this? Lord, give us our servants. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Make me bold, God. Make us bold, God. Give us unshakable spiritual convictions that we have the courage and the faith to obey you, no matter what the personal cost, God, even though it may be painful, even though it may take our life, make me bold, make us bold. 
That was actually amplified version so that you will have better understanding. See that? What they were praying was so dangerous despite their seemingly almost difficult, impossible circumstances. As they were facing on this life or death threatening circumstances, they didn't pray for themselves. They didn't pray for their own security. Instead, they pray for courage. They pray for boldness so that they can continue to preach the gospel. Let me tell you, when they had this bold, courageous, this dangerous prayer, and God immediately, God immediately responded to prayer. God immediately responded to prayer. And here's what I love about this prayer. As soon as they pray, right, toward the end of our chapter 31, says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the whole ground was shaken, and they preached the word of God boldly. You may say that, you know what, pastor? I like that, the boldness. I like that, this bold prayer. But I'm more like reserved to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like more like a setback person. I don't want to speak about my faith upon, on public. I'm not that type of person. That's not my character. But let me tell you what. As I'm learning from this passage, this boldness is not about your personal trait, nor, you know, your character. It is the work of Holy Spirit. Amen. It doesn't matter how timid you are. It doesn't matter how, you know, the, the reserved you are. When the Holy Spirit came down, when the power of God came down, you can be so bold and courageous when you pray. Brothers and sisters, I guess isn't that the reason why our prayers hasn't been answered? Isn't that why the, our prayer life hasn't been really kind of growing Growing and growing. Because we always pray for safe. We always pray predictable things. We always pray this mundane things. That's why our prayer life has become more systemic or habitual, you know, like worship to the Lord. That's why there's no passion. There's no fire. You know, a lot of us, your prayer life is like, you know, hold this barbecue charcoal and these charcoals are all burned. Still a little bit of this fire left. But if you are walking from here, far, far, and you don't even know there's a fire. I pray that our prayer life is going to be this fiery furnace that the Daniel was put, and Daniel's three friends were put into. Whoever this from there, doesn't matter how many, you know, feet and, you know, far from there and miles, they'll be able to see your fire. Your prayer life should be this fiery furnace. It's not just a little all dying Chokwell. And how can we do that? By practicing more and more? I don't think so. Because you are beginning is wrong. You have to pray dangerous prayer. Amen? You have to pray with your boldness. You have to do this bold and courageous prayer like this James, like this Peter and John did. Now let me just finish by what happens afterwards. You know, when they prayed, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. All the grounds were shaken, and they started spreading the gospel. And what happened in chapter 5, book of Acts? They were imprisoned again. They were imprisoned again. So let me tell you something. The fact that you are walking, you know, with the Lord, the fact that you are doing all this ministry for the glory of God, that doesn't guarantee you 
that you are living, you're going to be living pain-free life, or God is going to protect you and, you know, take every single oppositions and trials and troubles away. No, 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 no. As you are praying, as you make this bold prayer, as you're following Jesus Christ with a bold and courageous heart, they are going to be still problems. They are going to be still tumble, you know, stumble blocks. There are still going to be all the issues and trials, oppositions, temptations upon your life. Think about that. But really encourages me, after they were prisoned twice within a week, because of their faithful action, because of their bold action, because of their courageous action, when they pray in the prison, what happened? The angel of the Lord came down and opened the door. Miracles always relate to your faithful prayers. Not only all this opposition and problems on the way. When you are getting through the opposition, when you are going through this, all the problem, remember this. There will be always God's hands will back you up. There's always God's hands is going to protect you and even provide you all with all this miracle. My dear brothers and sisters, I know this is probably more than ever that we really need to pray. But can we pray right? Can we pray with this boldness of our heart? Can we pray this courageous heart? Can we pray this dangerous prayer? We don't pray for ourselves only. But we pray for others. We pray for the glory of God. We pray for this society. We pray for this community. We pray for our nation. We pray for those who are marginalized. We pray for those who are Betrayed, we pray for those who are struggling and right now. As we pray for others, as we pray for the glory of God, as we pray for this boldness and strength, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord is going to be continued to be with you. Prepare your way, uplift your spirit, and empower you with this word of God so that you can, regardless of your circumstances, you'll be able to do amazing, amazing Work of the Lord. And that is the very best way. You can grow your prayer life. You can experience the very best power that can come from the power of God. It is your bold, courageous, and dangerous prayer. Let us pray. Our Father God, may we receive this word that you have given to us. So that we can pray more boldly. We can pray more courageously. We can pray if we have this dangerous prayer our prayer is going to be focusing on you lord not more about others and our family and ourselves lord lord may we continue to focus on extending the kingdom of god may that will be the first priority as we continue to pray and as we ask for your strength and your guidance and your power we pray for all and only savior jesus christ's name and god's people said amen